May God bless us as what we're going to do now, we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to prepare to come to his table. And uh, we've been in the book of Hebrews and we've just, we're, we've just now bumped up to a passage after describing how Christ is greater than Moses. We will see that the writer to the book of Hebrews is trying to move his readers forward to make sure that they don't stop short of entering into the full blessings that God has. And he quotes Psalm 95 in verse 7, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works forty years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, They always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, They shall not enter my rest. And the exhortation there is to not harden your hearts. Well, I just sense that for today, I'd like to kind of take a different approach. It's, I see it as basically the flip side of the same coin. To harden our hearts is to set our feet. To harden our hearts is to say we're not going to change. To harden our hearts is said, you're not going to move me. You're not going to budge me. Well, we are not to harden our hearts, which means we ought to be movable, budgeable, uh, malleable, if you will. And I found myself just thought, you know, it wouldn't hurt us as we come to the Lord's table to come back to a good Bible word, a concept that is clearly scriptural, that uh, our text recently hasn't, uh, hasn't raised it for us. I thought I'd just have a sense that it's, let's do this. Let's come back as we come to the Lord's table. And the word I'm thinking of is repentance. Because repentance is effectively the opposite side of not hardening your heart, right? That's the same coin. Either you're going to set yourself or you're going to be malleable and you allow for a change. So Mark chapter 1 and nothing's on the screen. We're just reflecting here, people. It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, was baptized by John in the Jordan, and immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and was with wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. Don't have a hard heart. Don't set your feet. Don't be in that place where nothing can be spoken into your life that would would cause you to have a change in your thinking. Because that is what repentance is at its very core, isn't it? it The word literally means to have a, a change in thinking. But it's not just a change in our thinking. It's a change in our, it, it, it is a change in our thinking, but a change in our thinking that produces a change in our lives is what the essence of the word is about. Repentance. We're going in one direction, and God says that's not a good direction to go. 
That's not a whole direction in which to be moving. That direction will not be uplifting for your life. It will not bring you into Christ-likeness. Change your thinking, and with it, change your direction. And come back to me. A couple weeks back, you'll recall that it was quite cold. And um, I have been asked to sub in the afternoon. Presently, I'm only driving a school bus in the morning, but occasionally I'm asked to, uh, to sub in the afternoon because of the shortness of drivers. So it got to be this one Friday afternoon, and there's one young boy, delightful young boy, absolutely fun kid to have on the bus. Uh, It's cold, and he knows it. And for me to drop him off at the end of the road, where I would typically drop him off, he's got to walk down this long driveway that has, it's wide open, the wind's going to come right across those fields. And he knows that if I will just take him around the corner... He can cut off probably at least 100 yards off of his walk. He'll come in from another direction. It's protected by the trees, and it's going to be good. And I'm like, are you sure you want to get dropped off there? He's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Because his dad clears this off, you see, and there's a path right through. I've said to him, I said, that snow is pretty deep. No, no, that's where I want to go. Drop me off there. So I did. Okay, but when I pull up, it's like, There's no path there. It's okay. It's all good. I can do this. So I watch him get out. He walks around the front of the bus, and I'm sitting there thinking, this doesn't look good to me. It's not quite, I think, what he was expecting it to be. And he begins to walk. I noticed as he walks away from the bus, he's got got low athletic shoes on. And as might be worn with kids today, they're not even tied And I'm looking out at the snow knowing there's snow possibly this deep. And I've already said to myself before he even hits the snow, those shoes are coming off. (laughs) They're not going to... And I can see how far he's got to walk in this kind of snow that he thought was plowed. And he takes his first few steps, looks back at me, and and, and I could hear him mouth that there's a crust. I'm good. Yeah, I knew I'm going, to get, I'm going to get sued if I just let this kid go, you know. I better watch what happens here. So I just wait. He doesn't make it from here to the wall before he has, yes, broken through the snow, takes a few more steps, shoe comes off. I opened my window and said, why don't you come back in the bus? He comes back in the bus holding a shoe in one hand. Gets on the bus. I said, now you're going to have to let me drop everybody else off before I can take you home. And ultimately, I drove him down the driveway. And he came back, and he got on the bus, and I looked at those footsteps. And I thought to myself, that is a picture of repentance. He was determined to step out of the safety of the bus, To step away from the wisdom that says, you know what, it might be a little longer walk, but you should walk in a place where the treading is good. And he was determined to go his own way. And he did, got out there and realized, maybe my way isn't so good. So he changed his thinking as well as his behavior. And you can see the steps he made coming back. Repentance. 
that we don't always, when confronted with issues in our lives, that maybe we don't like to hear about ourselves, maybe we don't like that they really do reveal that we've gone in the wrong direction, we're moving in a self-destructive way, we're not moving towards Christ-likeness, We've stepped away from the safety and the security of what God would have for us as he counsels us. Here's how you should go. And we go, no thanks, I'll do it my own way. I got this other plan. And of course what we're confronted is we get out there away and we have to make a decision. Am I going to harden my heart and keep going? Because he could have bullheadedly kept going and probably would have frostbitten his entire foot. Or am I going to go, wait, you know what? This isn't making any sense now that I see where I'm at and it's time to turn around and get back into the safety. It's time to turn around and get back into the safety of who, what God is calling me to and how he would have me change my ways and how he would have me to, um, uh, to find a whole path and a good path, which is always when coming back to him. As this young boy came back to the safety of the bus, we come back to the safety of the father and recognize that his instruction to us at the beginning was best. Repentant footsteps. Maybe, you know, I just thought of this. Somebody was famous with this thing about Jesus' footprints in the stand, sand. Maybe I could rewrite this and have this kid's footprints in the stand. And rather than it's, it's still only one side of footprints, you know. But it's like, how come they turned around? Because you repented, silly, all right? That's why. These are footprints of Repentance. In Hebrews, we were encouraged to not harden our hearts, to be open to repentance, that there may come some times when we have to change our thinking and our direction and our behavior and our lives in order to get back to where the Father would have us. In just a minute, we're going to come to the Lord's table. You know, the Lord's table is for Everyone who has recognized already, you know what, I was heading in a direction. I was walking off into the deep snow. My shoe came off. It was only going to get worse, and I had to come back to the safety of the Father. And they came to Jesus Christ. They repented of that and said, I, I need something. I need some help here. That's who it is for. Having made that profession of faith in Jesus Christ, God still calls us from time to time that there are things in our lives he wants us to change, both our thinking and our behavior. And we're going to do something a little different today. haven't done it ever this way in 30-some years of ministry. As we come to the Lord's table, we're first going to recite together the Lord's Prayer. But I'd like to throw this out as a thought. We're all very much aware that we swore in a new president. And if you watch the stuff, you maybe were encouraged, you maybe went, I don't know what to make of this guy. I don't I don't know where you're at in things. But we also, if we watch the news, found out that there's all sorts of protests around our country over this guy. Um, this women's thing that is there. And what we're told is we're a polarized nation. And this has just exacerbated that. 
Well, I'm, I'm convinced that if we're ever going to become a united nation, it's got to be a God thing. It's going to only happen with the revival sweeping across our land. This polarization is going to continue on. And what we're going to see is hard hearts of people setting, setting their feet one against the other. And unless God invades and changes a heart, I don't expect things to change. Now, it would be wonderful if God did bring a sweeping movement of his spirit and hearts were changed and we could get united around that and we can all look at it, oh yeah, well what's wrong with our nation and, and, and we can pray for that and, and be deeply moved by it and, and have our opinions about one side or the other. But I only throw that out as an illustration Because we can look at that and say, there's something wrong about being so polarized. I have this question to ask. Not at a national level. Not at a state level. Not at a county level. Not at a city level. At a personal level. Is there someone with whom we are polarized? See, it seems kind of crazy to tell us the country, we as a country should not be so polarized if God's people, one-on-one, have not learned how to deal with polarizing things in their lives. Jesus said to those of his day that if you, uh, if you bring your offering to the Lord, and you remember it, you remember that you have a brother who has something against you. What are you supposed to do? Leave your offering and now go make it right with your brother. One-on-one. Hmm. Then come back. God can be pleased with your offering. See, we're going to begin by sharing together. Before we share the Lord's table, we're going to share the Lord's prayer. And can I remind us of one line? We may feel more comfortable skipping the line when we get there. Nobody will know that we just decided to go quiet there. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Those with whom we are polarized. Those with whom there's been a breakdown and we would rather set our feet We would rather live in our anger and feel sorry for ourselves and be bitter about it and we will will stand against them at all costs. We all look at a polarized nation and say that's terrible. But I'm wondering today in my own life Lord is there somebody with whom I am personally polarized? that I have set my feet against them. Lord, will you examine me? Because we pray in this prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. God, we're trying to live this out. Just as your grace is abundant upon us, we want it to be abundant through us. And that you will so transform us and so change our hearts from being hardened that we will no longer live in this place where this bitterness towards my brother or my sister is going to define this relationship. But I will. As God has forgiven me, I will offer forgiveness 
to those with whom I am polarized. Because I don't think, to be honest with you, friends, I don't think we as a nation, I don't think we can, I don't think we can get united. It's got to be a God thing. I don't think it's going to happen until it happens in the church first. And we begin, not in the church corporately, but the church individually, that you and me. And having prayed that prayer, together as we will, it's easy to recite it collectively, as the elements are passed, as we reflect upon what Christ did in order to bring forgiveness to us, Do we need to be asking the question, Lord, am I polarized with somebody and I have had a hard heart towards it? And it's time to repent. I've been going in this direction, but I realize I've already lost one shoe. I'm getting cold. There's no good end to continue on in bitterness towards this person. And I need to turn around and come back in obedience to you and say, Lord, enable me to love my brother, my sister. Forgive me for this one with whom I've been polarized. Will you join me in the Lord's prayer prior to our joining and sharing in the Lord's table? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the glory and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.